Are you sick of hearing you don't have enough experience to get work? Visit iPath.com to get the first part of our auto damage certification for free. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. My name is Chris Stanley, and we're here to help you figure out how to get work in this industry and ultimately how to claim your life. How do independent adjusters and appraisers like us, who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation, how do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. All right, IAs, we're back uh, with another SOS emergency broadcast for adjusters. I'm joined by Tanisha Johnson, or we all know her in the IAPATH community as TJ. Uh, TJ, you called this emergency meeting. You said we need to talk, Chris. We need to talk to people, and it's got to be more than an email. It's got to be more than what you've done in the past. And I said, okay. All right, so TJ, <laughs> we talked last episode. I was voluntold to do this. So uh, we talked last episode about um, you know some of the reasons this winter storm in Texas and other states may not work out the way that a new adjuster especially is thinking about it because our industry is complicated. It's weird. We kind of went through some of those reasons. But what are we going to talk about in this episode? Uh, having a plan, understanding the uh, competition of being an IA and what will make you stand out above the rest. We, we definitely want to make sure that if you, if anything, let me say this, anybody who goes out and steps out on faith and wants to become an IA, I am all for it, hands down. However, I want to make sure that you're set up for success. You understand that there is a process. Uh, a lot of it is administrative, such as making sure you have your licenses, uh, having a little bit of a savings rainy day fund, uh, depending on how the firm pays. Some pay weekly, some pay biweekly, depending on if you're doing auto or if you're doing property. Property pays based on if when the claim is closed. So you have to be, be prepared. Two months. It might be two months before you get paid. Right. So understand that when you come to a storm, you have to be able to handle your lodging, your food. Uh, maybe any additional equipment, depending on what type of work you're doing, whether it's inside or outside, whether it's property or auto. Some people wind up buying uh, supplies when they arrive to the storm site. Uh, in this instance, that would be our caution against purchasing items when you get to a storm site. Uh, reason being is because we are already, I'm in Dallas, Texas, by the way, and Home Depot, Lowe's, a lot of your big box retailers are running out of things that you may need. So proper planning and execution is crucial to your success at being an IA and not being part of the first group to be sent home. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how you can 
make that transition and be successful at it. Uh, whether you are deployed for two weeks or six months, uh, the experience piece is something that a lot of folks are hoping to gain. If it's, hey, I want to go out on the storm and I just want to get the experience. I want to get a feel for what it's like to climb on a roof or scope a house or scope water damage or take photos or whatever it is that you aspire to do. If a storm will give you that experience, it should be twofold. One, yes, you get the experience to uh, be teachable. OK, uh, have a great attitude. Really, that should have been number one, because I've seen people who are good at their jobs and got sent home early. I've seen people who were not really the best, but they had great attitudes and were willing to learn and they stayed on storms no, uh, longer. So finding that perfect balance of who you are as an adjuster and, and making it human. Uh, these are people who have experienced substantial losses. So being empathetic is something that's gonna be really, really huge and, and have a compassion when you're making those call outs. I wanna jump in here about, you mentioned getting the experience piece and I don't wanna lose that is like, Yes, we totally encourage you need some hands on experience. You need to, you know, get a rating, so to speak, at an IA firm. Um, that's a, something a lot of IA firms talk about. We don't even have a rating with us. We don't know if you're any good or not. So, yeah, getting those things are important. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people I've talked with and you have, too, it sounds like is they're saying, yeah, I just want to experience what it's like to get on a roof, to do this job. And it's like one, I would say plug for Matthew Allen's Adjuster TV Plus. Go get Adjuster TV Plus. It's like free seven-day trial and 30 bucks a month. He tells you how to do a water claim and you can go pretend your house has a water claim and climb your own darn roof to get some experience to feel what that's like, right? Sure. Role play with your friends before you ever go to the storm because that's what a lot of people miss is that I can't pretend to do this job or practice job or get any experience until I get deployed by pilot or the best IRS or QA claims or whoever it is. It's like, no, you should already have been doing this. This should have been a part of your plan is the development of you and your skill set. Because if you show up, you're, you've never worked before. You have no rating. Maybe you're working off an emergency license like we talked about last time. And then you don't even know how to properly scope a roof. They're going to go, oh, my gosh, what is this person doing here? What are we supposed to do with them? State Farm or whoever it is that you might be working for, they're going to send you home. I mean, it, they're, they're going to find out. No, they're, they're costing us. They're spending, you know, six, seven hundred dollars a day paying the IA firm for you to be there. The IA firm gets a cut, you get a cut, but they're spending money and they don't want to spend money on people who aren't helping resolve the problem that we have here. So I think this preparation goes in one development of you as a as a person, like you were saying, empathy, empathy. But I think that comes from understanding why you're there. You're there Absolutely. to help someone, which is where you're going who's had something terrible happen, but it's also, you need to have your skill set prepared. There's some other things too. And I know you took the leap of faith last year and you did it. Um, and I know, I think we touched on it last episode, how yeah, you took a leap, but you were financially ready to take the leap. Um, right. Having a plan extends into your personal finances. If you have a family, you're leaving at home. You got to think about their expenses. You have their mm -hmm. expenses that are going to increase now that you're gone. If right. dad or mom aren't there to watch the kids, a babysitter gets pulled in. Daycare yeah. comes involved. A lawn mowing guy has to be employed, right? So all housekeeping might need to be hired. So all of a sudden your expenses are going up twofold. And this right. lack of plan will sabotage. I've seen it sabotage so many people's career. They realize they're not even making money. So yeah, it's kind of piggybacking on last episode, but it's, it's all a part of the plan. So Tanisha, how would you say someone needs to start plan like the real practicality of it 
Like, if you're interested, you want to become an adjuster, what what, what should I be doing? During research, I'm Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. I muted you, TJ. You can go ahead and unmute. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you don't get this anymore. No more talking. So, TJ, reset the question okay. here. Okay. If someone wants to become an adjuster and they're trying to think about a plan, I mean, that's just, it kind of blows a new person's mind, a plan. Yeah. Number one, go buy the independent adjuster's playbook. I promise you on Amazon. I don't care. I had to make hardly nothing off that. I'm just telling you, that's going to help frame the, the conversation for you. But beyond that, beyond reading a book about it, they're trying to get into this this month. What should they be thinking about? Um, understanding which way do they want to go? Do they want to go into auto? I think when you there's a storm actually happening, you, you have to pick one. You, you have Even if you find that property doesn't work out for you, that's fine. Next time out, you may want to try auto and may feel that that's a better fit for you. You have to make a decision and, and know which way you want to go. Uh, secondly, which probably should be first and foremost, before you can even consider working a claim, get your licenses and the states in which you desire to work. Again, I can't stress enough not to depend heavily on, on, on emergency licenses. Again, because some states may or may not offer the flexibility or may not offer the option, depending on the size of the catastrophe, especially when they have people that are actually licensed and actually have invested in this process. You know, So definitely invest in yourself and your licenses. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is to uh, invest in your self-development, whether it's attending Zoom meetings, whether it's uh, joining the IA Path community, whether it's uh, getting a mentorship, whether it's watching Matt Allen on Jester TV, or even talking to other people that are in the industry. You have to do some self-development so that you would know how to shape and know which way that you're going in your career. Otherwise, you know, you're putting the cart before the horse because you're doing the work, but you don't understand why you're doing it. You end up like the Israelites walking around the mountain for 40 years because you're not really getting anywhere. This is something exactly. I try to teach people. It's like, hey, if you want to get started property, great. I'm, I, What we do at IAPATH isn't for you, but let me point you in the right direction because if you choose one way, and I really see it as three different ways. For those who are listening, I'm holding up fingers. Three different ways that you can break in, which is one, Auto, that's what iPad does a lot of specialization in, um, but that's not for everybody. It doesn't work for everybody. Number two is desk adjusting, or what I call inside adjusting, where you're sitting at a desk, you're not in the field. That's what TJ is awesome at and helping iPad develop. And then number three is property adjusting, such as in this instance with the, the massive amount of claims in Dallas, you might be able to break in through property. That doesn't happen every month. It doesn't happen even every year where a new piece of person gets up to a property, but this instance is a perfect example of how someone new with a license could walk on and maybe be successful with property. So those are three ways. So choosing one of those three, TJ, uh, let's start with desk, uh, throw it to you, you know, in a minute or two, what is desk adjusting and, and what are the, the keys? And I might piggyback on it, uh, of getting into desk adjusting. If someone's saying that's the way I'm going right now, TJ, cool. You want to sit at a desk and work claims? What do they do, TJ? Uh, it's primarily a customer service role, to be honest with you. Um, that's where, as an inside adjuster, you do have more contact with the insured uh, in regards to, so your soft skills are going to be super important. Your empathy is going to be super important. Uh, knowing how to articulate the claims process 
and understanding that when you do get deployed on the storm, no matter how many times you've been deployed with a particular insurance company, let's just say State Farm, a lot of their processes change from storm to storm. So within the first three or four days of your deployment, you're actually sitting in a training or briefing of this is what's new, this is what we're doing, and they walk everybody through it as if no one has ever seen the information. That is one of the things that I really appreciate about the way that they do their storm briefings is they bring everybody in on the same level so everybody gets all the same information at the same time everyone gets access to all the same job aids now when everyone is released to go ahead and get their claims depending on what type of work you're doing uh, you may be a closer and what a closer is is once the outside total loss adjuster has already written their one-liner or whatever, then they send it to the inside adjuster and you're the one that make the call and you go over the settlement values and understanding uh, how to read uh, a NADA report or how to read uh, a, a valuation and know how to review options, which is why you all should take the auto lab, the auto certification course through IA Pass because they will definitely teach you how to do all these things. And actually when you're inside, even though it helps, you, you're not required to utilize any of the estimating software. So again, just knowing what options are available on the vehicle, what to do if a if an insured disagrees with the value of the how vehicle. How to read an estimate, how to read an estimate is huge because yeah. you gotta explain to it to the estimate. insured. Absolutely, absolutely. So how to read the estimate, the insured may ask for a copy of it, that's fine. Uh, but when you're in total loss doing inside is knowing where the features are in the vehicle, uh, how to understand how to read the comps, because a lot of times the insurers want to know where, well, how did you come up with the value of the vehicle? Well, you have to be able to articulate that. So it's basically... Now, inside isn't just auto, though, too. I just I can hear people's minds as they're listening. Like This is all auto. But inside is a lot more than auto as well. Like There's property inside. There's workers' comp. There's liabilities. All these things. But I think they can kind of be summed up with you are sitting there to help the claim usually come to completion or at least some part of the claim come to completion, whether it's an estimate, a, you know, a report, talking with the insured, but it's kind of task driven. I've done a little bit inside. It's, it's kind of you sit down at your desk. What do I have to do today? Here's my list of tasks that I'm tagged on or here's the thing. New claims are in my bucket. I got to go tackle those. And that can be for, oh, my gosh, just probably three dozen different types of inside jobs is my guess that I can imagine um, depending on the insurance company. So if someone's like, okay, I like the idea of sitting at the desk, someone tell me what to do, what tasks to do next, being in a team atmosphere like that, because it's kind of a team driven. When yes, I did it, I know it team. can be at your home since COVID, but you know, a lot of it is you have supervisors there that are really accessible. Um, but how, if someone says, okay, TJ, I like the sound of that. That sounds like me. I'm talking to people, task driven. I don't have to know necessarily construction of a house or the software. I just have to go to read an estimate. So that's right. a big bonus for it. Um, right. how, what do they need to do to get that type of role? What, what would your first suggestion be? Beyond besides, getting your first license. But besides getting your license, you definitely have to get your license. But also keep in mind, a lot of times with the storm this size, the insurance companies and the IA firms are staffing where the need is, not necessarily what your preference is. So that's something else that I need you all to keep in mind is that although you may say that you may want an inside desk position, if they have more of a need on the outside, that's where they're going to put you. 
even though they try to accommodate you because it is a partnership between you and the IA firm uh, and they want you to come back. They want you to like it and, and come back if you're good. Um, however, sometimes we don't get uh, our preferences catered to. And if the need is outside and you're scoping or writing estimates or at the drive-in tent, then that's, that's pretty much what you have to do. So I, I don't want to set the expectation that you know, you're, sometimes you're given a preference, but sometimes your preference isn't always guaranteed. So it just really depends on what the insurance company is in need of at the time. So it's kind of tough for me to say, well, if I wanted to do inside catastrophe, what are the steps? Is more so, okay, this is what we have available. Is this something you can do? And then say yes or no. Right. And I would say that if you were looking to do inside and we're not saying like you say, I want to do inside, you're going to get inside this week on this storm. That's not what, what I'm trying to paint the picture at all. I'm saying if, if you want to work inside, you hear what TJ Shagwan, you say, that's what I want to do. What I suggest is, number one, your main focus should be on licenses. If you want to be an inside adjuster, go get lots of licenses. Get hard to get licenses like New York, New Mexico, Arizona. Um, uh, you know, if you're wanting to do auto inside, you can do Massachusetts motor vehicle damage appraisal license, things like that. Those licenses make you valuable and in inside. And yes, it helps with field too, but more than anything inside, because you can sit at a desk in Dallas, Fort Worth, and work any claim in the country. That's why you're valuable, okay? So now switching it a little bit to auto field. Um, so that's desk. If you want to do that, look at your licensing. Yeah, this storm, you might not have a choice, but go after licensing. Don't focus on Xactimate software training if you want to be an inside adjuster. That's not where you should invest your time and money licenses but switching to auto field if you're wanting to do something like auto field like catastrophic storms do not have long deployments in my experience for auto field it just doesn't work like that you're looking at two weeks maybe a month for the field of auto um and so tj do you have any insight into that i know you've worked mainly on the inside but on the inside you're working months after the field guys are gone yeah well, so doing cleanup, which is what I did uh, for this past very active cat season. We had a very active historical hurricane season um, in 2020. So uh, I stayed back and was doing some cleanup uh, and also working some daily claims inside total loss. So those are your collision uh, comp claims, your non-weather related losses. So on the outside, so in the field, you have it twofold. You have your drivable cars, you have your non-drivable cars. For your drivables, nine times out of 10, most insurance companies will stage a tent and let their insured know, send, them, send out their insurance a, a mass blast, say, hey, you know, instead of waiting two weeks for someone to come out, if you wanna get your check today, this is where we'll be between these hours. So there's a need for adjusters, outside adjusters, field adjusters to be, uh, manning the tents and doing a lot of face-to-face -face customer service. Now, how the customer facing will work with COVID, I'm not sure. So that's another factor because I know uh, State Farm, even during cat season, uh, they scaled back a lot on their face-to-face. -face. Uh, they had to drive, they had to drive in tents, but a lot of the estimates were done virtually. So what happens is the uh, insured is called on Zoom, on Google Duo or FaceTime or whatever, interface that you're able to use and the customer assist with the inspections. So, so if, the field might not be so much field 
it still might be desk, but it's you're handling the field side. Yes. Right. So yes. it's still in a sense still may be inside, even though you may be listed as an outside adjuster again, because of a lot of insurance companies are taking uh, COVID-19 precautions and trying to keep everybody safe. So with that being said, it's so Chris, I call you up. I'm, I'm, I'm the field adjuster. I call you up, call you up on Google Duel and uh, let's take a look at the water damage in your house. So basically you're, you have your camera turned towards your kitchen and your bedroom and I'm, I'm looking at the dimensions and I'm able to document what the damages are and I'm able to document your contents and I write the appraisal from my desk. So that's what I'm also seeing with the field. So uh, that may also uh, either shorten or lengthen the deployment, especially if you physically don't have to go to a house or to a car to inspect the vehicle and everything is still done virtually. Or there may be field people that may go out and they'll do photos only, send them in, and then the inside person will go ahead and write it. That's what we're seeing a lot of on the auto property, any side is field guys are becoming more the photo and note takers, not closers necessarily. Because if right. we can get that guy to do 10 claims instead of five in the field, we can have somebody sitting at their house like TJ or whoever, writing an estimate, closing the file, taking it over the inside adjuster. So just a little side caveat, TJ and I both kind of feel that. You know, field estimating is going to be here, but it's going to change like it's doing now. Um, and that desk adjusting is probably long term, got the longer runway in adjusting. It's just because they're doing things virtually just the way to look. But if you're wanting to do something like auto field, you need to look at how to how to operate the op estimating systems. So estimating systems like Auditex and CCC1, mainly CCC1, but Auditex is still used by State Farm, I believe. Um so you're going to need to look at that. You're going to need to understand the basics of, uh, of a vehicle. You need to understand the damage. But trying to get one of those positions, um, you would want to go through something like IAPASS Auto Mentorship or go through Vail. You, you want to go somewhere to get some kind of auto training to show somebody, I'm not a complete noob at looking at cars. And property is really the same way. But all of these are kind of a roll of the dice right now, like TJ said. Because there's so many positions needed, they just might grab you and throw you in a position. Um, They're just looking for warm bodies. Warm bodies with a license, maybe. Here, take a claim. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so let's kind of recap. Number one, you probably need to have a license. This is a good start to a plan. Two, you need to have some sort of idea of what you at least want to go try and work. Because if you don't understand what you're stepping into, it's hard to then gather your senses and start working once you're on site. It's really hard. It's chaos. Number yeah. three, you need to have some sort of training, even if it's self-employed training where you're climbing your own roof, measuring, testing out your own car, whatever. You need to get some type of training uh, to be there. Now, in this emergency scenario, you might not get that, but you probably should have been planning before this event how you're going to enter this industry. And three, or I mean, I'm sorry, four, we can't forget the financial um, uh, aspect we talked about, which is you have a plan for how you're going to survive with the money you potentially could make and or you already have in the bank. If you can't imagine surviving on a two-week deployment at 400 bucks a day or whatever it is, that, that this isn't a good plan to step off this dock at this point. There are other ways to get in this industry. We'd love to help you with that, but don't don't run into something when you're not prepared. Is there anything else on the preparation side that you can think of? Um, I know that that's mainly it, uh, just primarily licensing. Uh, and at oh, least getting on rosters. Oh, 
definitely have to get on rosters. De- definitely get on rosters. And you know what? Uh, I know with the big four, usually they have training uh, that they, that are offered. Like I've seen within the last three or four days, uh, a couple of uh, companies send out emergency certifications uh, that are required for the insurance companies in order for you to work claims for them. So I've seen that happen. That's also a good way to break in. But again, part of that preparation would be, hey, let me go ahead and take the uh, State Farm Auto or let me go ahead and take the State Farm Estimatics and, and the policy so that when times like this occur, you say, okay, well, I, I've already knocked that out. So that puts you you know, at a different place as opposed to someone with emergency license and they haven't even taken the certification. Okay, so just being able to invest in yourself, get on the rosters. A lot of these companies, a lot of the firms do have a self-paced training that is carrier specific. So that will also help you and guide you to know what it is that you want to do, whether it's auto or property. And there are quite a few people that do both that are able to switch between the two. But, you know, find out what it is that you would like to do and that you would enjoy and and that you would be good at and, and that you could continue learning. So just as a, uh, a quick top off to the whole conversation about getting on rosters and emergency certifications, all that, in case you're really new and you don't know what rosters are, that's the companies who are going to send you out. You have to be on a list. A company who deploys independent adjusters and appraisers out is called an independent adjusting or appraisal firm or company. So when you hear us talk about rosters, that's their roster of adjusters they can send. So you need to make sure you get on those rosters to be even considered for work like this. So if you need a list of rosters on our website, iPath.com, you click on the menu button, or if you're on desktop, you'll see all the menu options. You'll see um, uh, independent adjusting firms or something like that up there. Click on that. There's a list of like over 100, like 150 or something. That's where you start. But I kind of tell you the ones to start with there. Um, And now in the next segment or episode, depending how you're consuming this, uh, I want to talk with TJ about, okay, great, whether this works out or doesn't. The third piece, huge piece, other than this isn't going to be as good as you think it is, and you need to have a plan, is what's your plan for the future? So if this does work out or doesn't, now that you're an adjuster because you quit your job or whatever situation you're in, how are you going to succeed long term and how do you get a plan for that? All right, guys, until next episode, keep walking your path and claiming your life. Are you dreaming of a career in auto damage, but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements? You can try the first part of our seven part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community. 
a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath, claim your life.